Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. My name is Dulta Daharde, and in this podcast series, I will be interviewing investors, advisors, entrepreneurs, and recruiters who are based all over the world, and we will be discussing how to set up, scale, and operate a world-class recruitment business. Today, you're in for a real treat. I had an amazing interview with somebody who is all of the above, investor, advisor, recruitment entrepreneur, somebody who's set up, scaled, sold, and done it all over again, who's, who's conquered multiple countries, and is happy to share his insight with us on the podcast. His name's Mark Zanowski, and he was a fantastic guest, and I hope you all enjoy. Mark, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all, actually. Really excited to to interview you today because you've had the full roller coaster of recruitment experiences, and <laughs> you've been in the industry for a long time. And there's probably not much that you haven't seen or done in it. So really keen to get into all that. But firstly, where am I calling today? Where are you? I'm in Chicago, um, where it is uh, 11, um, no, 10 a.m., 10 a.m. Uh, in the morning. Is, is winter coming in the Windy City? It, it, it's okay at the moment, actually. Um, it will be coming forcefully uh in the next few weeks but but at the moment it's okay there's i think i, I definitely pick the, the 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 first week of october rather than the last week of october all right so tell me so you're you're over you're over in chicago and we'll jump into that a bit later because i really want to know because i don't know much about chicago from a business standpoint and and i'm sure a lot of our listeners would be the same but let's go back to the start you yeah. left university. You did a wonderful degree in politics, by the looks of it. <laughs> An easier degree, I think. How did that? Uh, what was the thoughts in doing that degree? Um, I don't. I don't know really at, at, at the time. I think it was something I thought would be vaguely interesting. The university I picked was pretty well renowned uh from uh for, for doing that course um so um I, it was it was probably the you know i felt maybe an easier option than some of the other ones like economics and uh, and so forth and you're from the south of england right yeah that's right yeah gone to a grammar school yes got, gone gone to a good university parents must have been very excited about what industry you were going to get into? What were they going for? They were not going for recruitment. <laughs> uh, it would be fair to say uh, they had me earmarked to follow my father and become an actuary or, or work in underwriting, something within the insurance uh, realm. And I think it took me, even after a couple of years at, at S3, uh, they said, when are you going to get a proper job? Uh, I don't I, Whether I still have a proper job or not, I'm not sure. But yeah. Uh, but no, they had they had other hopes for me. It would be fair to say they had aspirational hopes, but yeah. the industry drawed you in. Talk to me yeah. about those early days. Nineteen ninety seven, you got into recruitment with uh, with with well, was it Huxley back then? Yeah, it was Huxley's back then, um, who were predominantly known for being a banking and finance recruiter uh, then, um, and I worked um, on the commercial team, uh, but was. Um, it was a really great uh, company to work for. And, you know, there was, I, I, I think, so. I'm really pleased um, that, I, that I went over there uh, and joined them when I did. So I joined in 1997. I had quite a number of um, offers at the time to do media sales. Um, one was for Colton Television. Uh, and I also, recruitment, but where where I was going to be trained to uh, in a master's in, in technology. So a slightly different route to, to the S3 route. Uh, but I took the, I, I met 
the directors and uh, Simon Arbor, who, who founded uh, S3. Uh, and it was such a tough and challenging interview. I figured that there must be something very special here just to get through the process. Um, and yeah, July the 14th, 1997 is when I, I, I started in recruitment. How many people did they have on in the business when you joined? Uh, 20, 25 people, wow. of which some of the strongest characters um, you can imagine. Uh, really, really old school. Um, it was no place for, for shrinking violets, but, but a great, a great starting point for, for anyone. I wonder how many businesses came out of the first 10 years of, of S3 in global it's, recruitment. It's it, is, it is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I look at my team when I left uh, and you have the, the, the guy who founded Faden, uh, the guy who founded Annapurna, or one of the one of the founders of Annapurna, uh, and and other um, you know recruitment companies as well. So it's it, it's just that was just in my old team. So so now um, there are so many companies there, and I think there is a reason for you for for that. You know they they very much teach you what what good looks like and, and potentially what great looks like, uh, and they're they 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 really push you, um, particularly particularly at Huxley's. Then um, it was a tough environment and to, to even to even last a couple of years you had to have something about you tell me what what this is a bit of a, an out there question like i i worked for robert walters and you know it, it wasn't the toughest environment i i would say it may lack a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit there it it seemed very grounded in the way that they are i get the impression that s3 bred something else into that generation of managers and leaders that went on to think that they could set up global recruitment companies it, it, it can be no coincidence yeah i i think so i think that for, for me there was um people people were being exited from the business you know people in any given month there would definitely be two or three people um getting fired and um that that was a real motivator because you thought, God, you know, they're not, they are, they are ruthless uh, and they are not, they are not afraid to do it. But you're, you're very much given, you know, you're given training for sure, but, but most of it's coaching on the, on, on the job and you're given, you know, here is either a list of contacts, um, get on the phone and phone them. It, it, it was very, very old school, very, very hard, but you saw people walking around uh, with huge paychecks which when you're just out of university uh, is really motivating and what what they did was there was an incredible social life there um where you know every thursday night every friday night there would be options to go out you didn't necessarily need to arrange anything the culture kind of you know would would take care of that and that people would be going out so it was it was great great fun so there was this thought that look if i get it right if i do really well then um the rewards will will come to me fantastic so you did a you did two years 10 months magical magical time in a recruiter's life that that point when they're hitting the 33 year mark and they're saying to themselves am i in this is this me yeah is this my yeah am i me is it a real job maybe <laughs> this is my thing what what was you you went on to set up your own business then is that right no i i, I was i was actually headhunted um through I, a lot of people were leaving um uh, huxley's and uh, around that time nine, sort of h2 1999 first uh, first half of 2000 um people you know huxley's they 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 you, you earn most of your money in commission um which was fine but but you were definitely able to get more money on your base elsewhere um possibly you know maybe even a similar case now i don't know uh and um it, i was headhunted to run a company called sec uh which was part of a a bigger group called the systems international group uh, it was a, I think, about a twelve million uh, pound business when, when I was headhunted to, to, to run it, mm-hmm. um, based in Harrow on the Hill. Um, so I, I sort of joined that organisation and 
I I was ready to leave Huxley's. I think a lot of my friends had left, and it was definitely a company whereby it was great for for, for sort of up to three years, but but it would have been quite demanding. It would have been quite tough, and you would have had to make a lot of sacrifices to to I think go too much longer than that. I mean, I moved I moved um, to a flat near 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 the office. Uh, at, at Huxley's five minute walk away in the city and on a I, I remember you know on a Sunday afternoon that office was 30 40 percent full wow. week in, um, with people who were who were there which, which, which was brilliant but it was definitely going to be a case of I don't know if, if if it would be healthy or if it's sustainable for, for anyone uh longer term and i think that's why you know they, they did have a little bit of attrition around that period and, and and definitely after that um but it was but it was a brilliant grounding for for anyone it's funny you know the work in the 90s like i i probably graduated in the, in the early 2000s wasn't that big a difference but you know, there's a lot of talk on linkedin about work life balance and mental yeah. health and all these type of yeah. things Nobody really cared back then, did they? No, 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 no. You, all, all you cared about was whether you had a 10, 15 grand a month uh, paycheck and then saw people displaying it. There was no shame. It was very uh, brash, um, you know, at, sort of atmosphere environment. So it was, no, it, it was very much, you know, we, we work hard, we play hard, we 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 earn huge figures at the age of 22, 23, 24. So it was a really infectious um, uh, sort of environment. So you were super young um, going into a leadership role. I, yeah. know, I know Huxley pushed the people through the ranks, but yeah. you're, you're kind of giving your own train set with this new company. What, what, was, what was that like? What type of mistakes did you make? Well, when I joined... Um, when I joined SEC, I, I was—I I, I probably struggled um, for the first six months. I think moving from the city, working in the city to to Harrow on the Hill, I, I definitely underestimated um, what that actually involved and the people. Uh, people drove to work, for instance, in Harrow on the Hill. You know, a lot of them, but certainly. Uh, sort of over over fifty percent of them, which is a very different type of environment. You know, it, it didn't have that spontaneous going for a, a beer maybe on a Thursday, which I've been very used to. Or a Tuesday. Um, I, or on a Tuesday, well, well, every day. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I think I was also I was also probably too young. Um, probably, you know, I I remember on my one of my first weeks and uh, you know, it was a Monday morning in May 2000 uh, and about, I think it would have been my first week or my second week, there was something like 20% of, of, of the staff, which would have been about six people, uh, off with food poisoning on a Monday. And I'm thinking, good God, this mm. is going to be a tough a, a tough gig compared to what I w- was was used to. And I, I, it, it definitely was, was challenging. I, de- I, I think after about 15 or 16 months, everyone who, who I had inherited save one or two people um i exited or chose to leave um and i i replaced them with what i knew which was graduates who were very raw who would if you got them right would be really bought in and really loyal to, to the business but that process definitely took time um and figures were a little bit flat for that first year whilst we um adapted and and, and were sort of consolidating so you went back to your base Essentially, yeah, which is which is which is never less. Even now, I mean, it's it's definitely kind of you know graduate, first or second job at tops, uh, young twenties, quite sporty, um, male or female, um, and yeah, who 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 really wanted it, who had that drive and that determination, um, and want the, the the difference that they would how they would apply themselves from earning sort of 50k a year to, to 70 80k a year, it meant something to them uh, whether it was the money or whether it was the the status uh, and which was very much like s3 so i kind of went back to what i knew but mm. the existing staff a lot of the existing staff didn't didn't mess it massively like it or appreciate it which which i understood i relocated the company from um harrow to to, to marlebone marlebone high street um which 
again, some people were like, I want to drive to work. I don't, you know, I didn't really, I don't really want to do this, which I, I, I totally understood, but I felt was, was very necessary mm. for the company to get to where it wanted to be and, and, and for me to de- develop the company in the way I wanted to do. And that was translated with, with figures going up and um, so forth. With, the, with hiring young people and their drivers back then, yeah. I feel it was less complicated. Like I, I remember, yeah. I remember thinking, like, if I could earn forty grand a year, being from the country in Ireland, that would be that would be amazing. And uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't, I tend not to get to say, ask too much about that from young graduates now. They seem to want other things. Do you, do you find that as well? Yeah. Or do, you find, do you find a big totally, difference? Totally, totally. I, I think, and I, I'm not suggesting it's a good thing or a bad thing. But people are. I, I find millennials, if you want to call them, you know, they, they are they are less um, money motivated, and you're you're absolutely right. Work life balance, and um, they're they're all they're they're very very different now. And as as a manager, as a leader, you have to adapt your your style um, completely to take into account of, of of those sorts of factors. But but sure, a, a part of me misses the. The, I suppose the the, the, the simple mm. the simpler nature uh, of working in the earlier part of the decade. I wonder, does every generation think about that that about the following generation? You know, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder are we just being typical of what our fathers would have said of us? Yeah, totally, totally. But it has changed, and the mm. working what, recruitment has changed so much as as, as you know, you'll you'll know more than anyone that. Over the last 10, 10, 15 years, and people want so much more, and it's so much, so much more international now. And uh, and you, you've got to get out of your mindset. You know, before I was very much a London M25 recruiter, and certainly up until 2001, 2002, that, that's what I was. And slowly that becomes Europe. And then as the years goes on, it's more, more countries than that. Yeah. So, so you've gone back to your base. You you had a rocky enough first year, but but you got the right people in. You did your you did your bit. You get to that three year mark. Walk me through what happened then again. Yeah, so, so then the, the 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 parent company, SEC was sold while whilst I was there, and I wasn't I was on the operational board. I didn't have any shares or, or anything like that. Uh, then we were acquired by a company called the RDL uh, Corporation. They bought all all of our companies, and I think they. They had ambitions at the time. This would have been about 2002 um, to become a, a, an S3. Um, and like a lot of companies like, you know, around that period or, or certainly just after, you know, they saw how successful S3 had done it. But, but what people have to appreciate was that S3 had an outstanding management team and it it took a long time to get there. I mean, S3 were established i think 1995 or something like that so it they it had taken them 10 years of getting the right people on the bus and the right people off the bus before they got that and so we were acquired um by by this uh, rdl corporation they went then into administration because they had acquired too many recruitment companies and didn't have the funds to complete the purchases when it came down to second or, or, or third payments so I was I was very disillusioned at, at that because my company uh, or the company I ran rather uh, was was doing really well uh, was really successful I remember being presented with a sort of FA Cup football replica trophy for having the the best company in the group this would have been December 2002 um, but a month later I left um, because I I wanted to I wanted to I, I was definitely lost confidence in working for other people because I felt it was other people's decisions that had put me in a, a difficult position. And I remember we had hired people through uh, Rector X and we weren't able to pay the fees. And I'm thinking, okay, this isn't my decision. My company is perfectly successful, um, but it's I'm the I'm the face of this. I'm the face of letting people down, and you know that didn't sit very comfortably with me. So. When it came to January 2003, I took two of my managers with me, um, one, one you know, as, as business partners, uh, and a couple of people who worked for me, and we set up uh, Euro, European Staffing Solutions, as it was called then, which, which then became uh, a staff 
uh, and that was 2003. What were those early days like for setting up? What age were you when you set up? Uh, I was 27. Uh, I had been mar- got married the previous um, month. Third it, wife, was it? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, so I got married the previous month and um, no, no children or anything like that. Um, so it was it was a real experience because, you know, for when, you, when you're setting up a company with very limited uh, funds, um, it, it's challenging and you've got to you've got to show extreme patience. And, you know, people who I uh, set up with, including myself, we hadn't been on the phones. We were a lot of us were hands off managers. Uh, so it was it was it was really it was really challenging. We were um, in the West End doing Piccadilly Circus um, in a basement uh, floor. There were no windows. So, was, so you weren't fond of them. It was, it was, <laughs> no, it was it was it was really really challenging. But you know you'll you'll know this better than anyone. You know the highs are higher, the the lows are lower. Mm. Um, that's probably how I would d- 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 describe it. Um, and we we for the first year. I think we recruited one additional person, so five became six. Uh, and, but it was very much building up the, 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 the strengthening the balance sheet, trying to be successful. And we we made we did quite well. I think in the the, the first year we made four hundred thousand profit, something like oh. that. Uh, but it was very much the reason for that was three of us weren't taking a salary. Um, or, or any, you know, just paid ourselves sort of expenses and mobile phone bills, that sort of thing. So it was run as lean as you can possibly be, um, and um, which which we had to do. So it was it was just tough to live. But but none of us had children, so it, our our wives all worked at the time. So it was, it was doable. It was doable. Um, and then went from there. Let me take you back a step. When you were when you were talking to people about setting up. What was the sell that you put on the guys to come join you? And how did you manage to persuade them not to take a salary? Well, two of the people who came with me the, 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 were business partners, so earned equity and uh, owned equity from day one of the okay. company. So, so they were fine. A couple of the other people we took were at recruiter level, so they were paid a, a salary. Um, and they we, we sold them very much a vision of what where we wanted to get to. I think, you know, we, we, we had a decent team from day one, uh, someone who knew contracts very well, someone who knew permanent work very well, myself who had had a track record, I suppose, of being in an executive position for, for a number of years. So it wasn't maybe as hard a sell. It was less competitive, I suppose, then as well, um, which did make it a little bit easier. Um, and it was, but by the time we really went to market, which would have been, uh, about a year into the uh, the operation, you could already see that there was an ambition uh, behind the business. We we bought our first uh, office, um, sort of just just short under, of under a year in the Bermondsey area. Uh, so we owned the freehold, oh, and, and that kind of and that kind of um, gave everyone a case of you know we mean business here. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're committed to this, and we're really gonna go for it. And um, we, 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 we did actually, we, we got to about 20, 20 headcount by 2005. Um, so we recruited fairly quickly. Uh, and then we moved into uh, another office in, in 2006, where, where we were up until the time I sold the business. And what was the sell against people who were at S3 at the time? Were you saying like, we're, we're a bit of a softer approach or we're... Yeah, to, 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 a de- to a degree, yeah. Um, I, I, I sort of spoke a little bit about my, myself then, and I was like, when I, when I was a recruiter in my first full year, I was top two billers uh, within, uh, within Huxley. So I kind of said, look, you know, you, you look at someone like myself, you, you may do really well in a company like S3, but you, it's, it's going to be hard for you to come or be more successful than me at the time I was the I think I was the fastest promotion to manager in the company's history back then um so I had kind of done I had kind of achieved quite a lot of success there so so it was a case of look come in believe in believe in me um and my team and we'll we'll sort of show you what what we're about and what we can do and I I did have I did have some decent people you know working with me I think my business partner um Paul Flynn, who I set staff group up with, was was fantastic, um, and we we were we are we are a real double act, yeah. um, um, and it it did it does help, you know, if you if you can do it with someone else, 
Um, it makes it so much easier. It's less lonely. Um, and you've got someone that you can just kind of rely on and be, be, be sort of almost bulletproof. With. There's, there's a real skill to being able to sell your journey. And not all recruitment directors can do it. And what you just described there is a, is, is a really good way of doing it, of, of mapping out your previous success, mapping out where you're going with the company, and then applying it to the person in front of you, and then taking them on that journey during an interview process. So by the end of it, they're in no doubt, okay, I can be this guy sitting in front of them. Yeah, I, I think so. We, we, I remember our website at the time was, was very simple we, we said that we've set this business up because we are trying to establish a business that we would want to work for ourselves and what we meant by that was to treat people with integrity honesty you know tell them good things tell them bad things but treat them fairly fairly decently i mean i always used to say to people i think that the 20s the decade of the 20s is everyone male or female sort of working prime you know you ha typically not not all the time but you haven't got children you haven't got too many commitments this is a little bit about you you can be quite selfish in this decade but you've got to make sure that you have the right custodians for your career if you like and we took that fairly seriously from a you know learning and development perspective even then we we really gave people as much as we possibly could do um and hope we hope that that would be uh, enough and you you know you know what it's like when you, you then recruit some good people and they grow management team um sort of that we recruited it's 2005 2006 managed to we managed to retain them they stayed on the journey uh and, until we we sold the business so talk to me about did you pick a discipline and stick to it did you did you pick multiple um what was your your strategic plan at the start and how did that evolve as you went through well we, we we started off doing technology and telecommunications permanent a contract um i i sort of supervised the permanent team a bit more on a day-to-day -day basis and uh paul monitor sort of supervised the contract team um and um we um we, we very much focused on those areas originally uh, within europe uh, we then um, moved to do finance and accountancy on a permanent basis uh, after that. We wanted to have slightly more strings to our bow than just doing uh, technology, just in case, you know, you, you, you know you, there's a downturn. It can really, really hit you. Uh, if you've got that sort of other, uh, other business areas, then, you know, you, you're, you're going to be more robust to deal with those sorts of challenges. Um, so uh, we 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 did we did that then, and then I think what what I've always found I I am reasonably comfortable with is learning and recruiting within other vertical markets and within within other industries, and certainly that was the strength of our our Paul, you know, my business partner as well. So we then over the years we did oil and gas um so it, principally technology was what what the business was um but we did have other strings to our bow um and we were very very um geographically aware i think one of the, the you know one of the things that people who worked there they could recruit in many different areas i think when we in 2015 when I, we were going through the process of, of, of being sold we were average on average invoicing 44 different countries a month which, which which was a real evolution of you know understanding how you do it in different areas that the compliance which is obviously absolutely crucial uh, particularly when you end up selling a business to make sure that you know you've gone through the right processes so so it was a real team effort um to make sure that we knew what we were doing uh, and we weren't putting anyone you know contractor uh, would be buyer of our company anyone at risk too much risk so uh, before i jump into the sale i'm really interested to get into the, that detail um but you obviously hit the recession in in 09 yes what how, how shaky was that for you walk us through that yeah it was it was really really tough we we went down at, i think contractor numbers were, were, were pretty much halved we were off the top of my head, going went from about 130 to about 65, something like that. We we then we then thought right, we need to do 
we need to do other business areas because we were at that point, 2008, 2009, where it was a real, that was 2008 um, was the most challenging, you know, year I, I ever had at work. And we thought that, look, we need to diversify into other areas. So that's where sort of the oil and gas business called Earth Staff was born. And that was that was really good because that business that that business was really doing well in the renewable energies market when technology was doing down. And I, I've tended to kind of learn, I learned from that a lot that not every industry in every country is all going to be bad at the same time. So you've got to you've got to be able to it's basically sort of economics, basic demand and supply. You've got to look at where you think there was opportunity and then really go for it and be patient with it and give it time and so so we we managed to pull ourselves out from the the, the challenges of 2008 with um, diversification that, that's really interesting so you're sitting in a room the world is falling apart apart around you you've been in the thick of london the london financial services within technology and all the rest you've done obviously the remote stuff as well so you're a bit diversified there but Instead of sticking your head in the sand, you and your business partner look at the global, the global market and say, okay, there's something that's going here. The oil price is rocketing. The renewable energy, yep. let's go about that. That must have been, that, that must have been on, a, on a bit of a wing and a prayer at the time. Yeah, it was. It, it really was um, because, you know, we can, <clears throat> we can say what we want, but the reason we, we chose those markets is we felt that, we we could maybe do we, we looked at the competition and, and maybe saw an opportunity there that that we per, could perhaps do it slightly better than they would um and um, but it was a really it was a really crazy market because you've got people relocating from continent to continent maybe who have children so the the close the actual the recruitment process itself was was really challenging um the, fee, the fees are good though hey the fees are good, yeah. and, and and that that's what drew us to it, both on the permanent side and the contract side of things, and and it worked. I mean, I think that some of the people who worked on that market after a couple of years were all the biggest billing people in my mm. in my company. They the oil and gas recruiters defeated the the technology recruiters. Then around two thousand and fourteen, when <laughs> the oil price started yeah. to tank, uh, we had the technology business had had really come back. Um, and we were able to kind of, you know, make that became 70, 80 percent of the business uh, at the time of we sold the company. That's fantastic. So as soon as one tap turned off, the other one, you just did. Whenever you saw that oil price going down, given your previous experience, did you transition everybody really quickly back into tech or was that a slower? Yeah, tech never left tech in the first place so we had a lot of good people still working it it just became more dominant mm. in terms of the, the its contribution to to gp but but that was the, the oil and gas um, the crash in that marketplace was as tough as i'd ever seen it i i remember some of our clients finding oil uh and their share price actually going down because the the value of oil had, had gone down so much in general so it was a, it was a really really challenging time and you have to accept as well you are a little bit powerless um you are at the mercy of forces far greater than you uh and you've just got to adapt and and, and we're we're recruiters and we've got to move to where we see the next opportunity and for us that was technology and it was germany in particular i uh, you know I, I can empathize on a lower level you know because I, I was in calgary with my wife and i've mentioned this before in the podcast and we had just accepted new jobs there and market. Yeah. I, I can't explain what this crash was like. It, it was like everything just stopped overnight. And, yeah. and that was it. It was, it was a tough one. So it was, it, yeah, it was, I've never seen anything like it even now. You know, it's not, nothing compares to that. So I, I, you must have, you must have seen, seen oh, incredible. Yeah, things. we moved. <laughs> so that was a, <laughs> that was a, a 10 month expedition to Canada that, uh, that didn't work out so well, but it led to us, to, it yeah. led to us doing this. So, that's yeah. So, walk, walk me through how you managed to sell the business and yeah. the steps involved in that. Because most of us won't, won't go through this. Like, less and less 
businesses are yeah. built to sell these days, realistically, the way the market is and the way technology yeah. is. So yeah. I'm really fascinated to jump into this piece. Who, who came, did they yeah. come to you? Did you go to them? What, what, what? No, they came to, they, they, they kind of came to us. Um, so it was called Corden Group. Uh, and they came to us. We weren't on the market at all. Uh, and, but we were aware of the market. We kind of knew, you know, we, there, there weren't loads of deals being done, but we, we kind of knew the, the few deals that were being done. We kind of knew a little bit about them and, and, and maybe how the deals were, were structured and so forth. I think, it was an interesting time. So they, they approached us. We, we were all getting to the size. I think we were about a head count of uh, approximately 120, 125 people, something like that. Billers? Uh, back then. Uh, no, not all billers, no, with, with back office mm. and, and everyone uh, in total. But we were also getting to the point whereby our turnover was approaching 60 million, um, 60, 65 million, something like that. And it was, it was very much funded by, and ran by, by two people, myself and, and, and Paul Flynn. And, and there weren't many other recruitment companies then uh, at, at that level of, or that size, kind of being with, with, with just sort of two people's money. And there was a lot of, a lot of risk there for us because, um, you know, you want to secure your family's position, but who is your family? You've got your family at home and you've got family who, in a way who work for you. Uh, and you've got to make sure that you can, you know, grow and um, create opportunities for them. I, I was also going to Germany quite regularly uh, to, to Berlin uh, to um, kind of, we, we had set up a business uh, uh, over there at, at Eurostaff and the, I was thinking, you know, God, that if I'm traveling as much as I was for, you know, how much longer can you do it? I mean, you're, you're saying bye to your children on a Monday morning, getting on the easy jet and then um, going to going, going over there. And it, I think it probably the approach for us came at the right time. Um, the, the challenge with selling your business, as, as anyone will, will know, is that. If you, if the vendor wants to get the best possible price, they need to be as little involved in the day-to-day -day running of the operation as, as, as possible. Because why would you buy a business whereby the vendor is crucial? So that is the that is definitely the challenge, because you're growing your management team, you're grooming your management team to to run the company on a day-to-day -day basis. And you've got to let them get on with it, uh, let them succeed, let them fail, let them make good decisions let them make bad decisions and we were we were kind of getting to to that point um the the, the german operation was 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 really doing superbly um we we were we were really fortunate and that we were kind of in berlin in germany before virtually you know all our other competitors and it was wasn't as competitive as you you, you know other other areas and we could really really show a potential buyer that they could really multiply their money um, going over there. That, that is how it's transpired, actually, mm. because the, the German operation today is absolutely flourishing and it's well run um, and, and it's doing really well. So, so there's all those kind of good things. But, but when someone approaches you, you've got to really, you've got to work out what what you want to do and, uh, and go from there. And I, I think that I was still in my thirties. I was thirty nine when Corden approached us, and it was um, what age were the kids? Yeah, it was. They were well. My young, my youngest one hadn't. I don't even think he'd started school. He was like four. Um, so, so a lot of family four, attention needed then. Yeah, four, seven, three kids under three kids under ten. Um, so they approached us, and I think the process uh, certainly took a few months. But there was a will, I suppose, on both parties to, to get the deal done. There weren't many. There, there weren't many deals done around that time, particularly trade trade deals where. A company buys another one. They were very much a UK uh, business, did a lot of blue collar recruitment, and they wanted a professional staffing uh, operation, which was contract heavy. And I think over at the time we had, it was, we had a really strong contractor, but well over 400 runners, really strong. What percentage average. of? GP. Uh, it was about 67% contract, 33% perm. Uh, and I think the average, GP per runner was about £450 per week. So it, it was a really strong contract book. And I, I honestly don't think there were many other staffing businesses at the time that 
that perhaps could have offered a buyer what we could, mm. which was resilient earnings, the international uh, footprint. We were, as sort of said earlier, really strong around the world, lots of ex expertise at invoicing different countries, a really good non-sales team, a really good operations team who kind of knew what they'd been doing and had been at the company for a number of years. So so there were lots, I guess there were lots of sort of plus points for for someone to buy and do you do you um, have a do you have a broker at this stage or do they have a broker or do you both have brokers that 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 not a... no we we well they because they approached us sort of directly um you know from from their their people to our people that we then both appointed our own brokers and um you know they they went from there but but no one actively had to sell our business or attempted to sell our business it was very much, you know, we were we were not we were not on the market, and I suppose a, 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 a we would be a good fit for them. And um, how do you work out? Did it come down to like them saying, "Look, this is the multiple of profit," and how do you negotiate which multiple when it gets down to that point? Well, it was that was a, definitely a. Uh, a long part and you've got different people kind of advising you you know what to what how to play it and, and what to do but you've got to you've got to hold your you you've got to hold your to your guns and and you have a price in mind and then go from that it for, for us it was very much the whole you know bought in price rather than the multiple um that we were we were looking for and we, we were very much sort of saying that you know we are not available on the market there's no auction going on here um, you have approached us off the market, um, so we want to get what we believe to be a fair price uh, for, for the business. And I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, but it was, I think it was one of the um, biggest, or if not the biggest, deal in in 2015 uh, in the UK staffing space. So we kind of stuck to our guns, and it was, but it was, we 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 knew a couple of, we knew some of the people over there. They were, we thought they were good people. Um, so it wasn't, maybe wasn't as painful as as perhaps other 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 deals are. What Walk me through how it felt to sign that deal and did, did it feel real at the start or b because you were probably contracted to be in there for a bit, did it, did it, like, did it all hit home all at once? Like, I can't even imagine what that, what that feels like to do something for, for 12 years, build it up, it's all worked. Everything's gone to plan. It was unbelievably, unbelievably strange, and we we were we stayed in the business. We weren't we weren't particularly contracted to. We we signed employment contracts, but we literally had gone from being owners um, and people who run our business day to day without having to consult anyone. Where where then you have bosses, um, and you know you are you are an employee. We we, we went down from. To, to, to sort of zero, zero shares and we were you know on a I think on three month notice periods or something so it was uh, no six months notice periods actually so it was it was really really um, strange I, I'm not I'm not going to say it was the best day of my life because it, it wasn't really because I was very much focused on making sure that the company was going to you know, be around, and it wasn't going to cause as much upheaval um, for the for the people who are working there on the on the basis. Uh, you know, move, moving forward. So it was a really strange moment, and I, it is. You know, you, you 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 your life's work, I suppose, or and then you're you're in that uh, a great financial position all of a sudden. But it's quite hard to to know how you feel at the time. It's um, it's a real conflict of emotions. How long were you contracted to be in the business for? How long were you contracted? Well, we won six months notice periods. We weren't, there was no earn out or, or anything like that. So there was no, uh, we were just on six months notice periods and we, we intended, we, you know, we, 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 we tried our best and tried to work for them as, as much as we could do. Um, and they were, you know, they were, they were they were good people. They had they had some of their own people, you know, who in in good positions who'd worked for them for a long period of time. So we worked until just before Christmas 2015, and eventually, I think Paul and us, myself, were reasonably honest, and um, we were perhaps this isn't we're, we're maybe not totally suited to to work for other people but we didn't we certainly didn't have that intention when we sold the business it was very much a case of you know we'll 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 give it a go and we'll we'll, we'll try our best and be 100 percent bought in uh so we, we 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 did that we also thought we had a management team who, who could run the business um 
moving forward. And and because we had kind of got to the point whereby they were running the business on a day-to-day basis, we genuinely weren't, didn't feel uh, that we were actually as needed um, because the company, as it should do, it had to outgrow us. Mm. And it has outgrown us, um, you know, to, to, to this to this day. And, you know, it's I think it, the, the, the company in Berlin is now one of the largest recruiters in 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 city so you know and the people over there who who are joining that business every every week every month will have no probably have no idea who i was and that's the way it should be you know it's got to it's got to evolve and it's got to it's got to go on and it's got to go and flourish what is that like then that you've made yourself unemployed unemployable as well by the way um yeah it's 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 really odd it's really really challenging and you know, we, I think we were we were off during the, the the winter period on kind of garden leave, and I think if you had said to me in 2016 I was going to do recruitment again, I would have I would have laughed at you. <laughs> um, it would have been the furthest thing from my mind. Um, but it was a really weird situation because the kids were still very young. I think my youngest one hadn't even started reception at, at proper school, and um, you, you can't you know you want you can't go away travelling and. Or, or anything like that, because you're a little bit tied to to home. So it was a really strange experience. I I don't I don't I think I've spoken about this in a couple of other interviews I've done. I don't I didn't really love it to be honest with you because I had no purpose. I felt I had no purpose. I I was I was a bit bored. Um, what, what did you do to entertain? I love that. Entertain yourself. <laughs> I was I honestly oh, your mates was are meeting working, people. Like. <laughs> I, all my friends were in the city in London. I live in, in, in Sussex and people would be phoning me up when they had just quit their jobs. And I was the guy that they wanted to get drunk with on a, on a lunch. Oh, yeah. uh, I was thinking, my God, I, I, after, after a few hangovers, I need a bit more than this. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but I still didn't really know what to do. I, I did the obvious things and bought properties and, and so forth. And uh, it was, um, you know, that process, you know, you, you buy a property and I think a lot of people in recruitment, you know, kind of do that sort of thing. But it's there's not much to it. You buy a property, you get rent, and then you you know, you move on. And it was a case of what am I actually gonna do to, to occupy myself? Um I was I think the the, the, the buyers of the company called and have been been pretty good to me. They dealt with me, they dealt with me really well and really fairly and really professionally. So I was always gonna wanna the covenants uh with them. Uh, how long was the covenant? And, um uh, three three years. So they expired in the summer of this, this year. <laughs> that's a lo- uh, that's a long time to be, <laughs> to oh, be sitting on was, your hands. Was... <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, getting so, thinking but... about somebody as energetic as you. I'm wondering. No, it was it was it was madness. But I could do. I, I knew I could do. There were some things I could do. So um, I I I knew I could do the the US um, uh, as long as it you know it wasn't something I'd done before. So I did the US. Um, so I set up the business Engtau in Chicago. Um, I knew I knew people who had had a lot of success in the US. Um, I was very much Germany, Germany, Germany. So for my own, I, I was always going to get back into recruitment to not, I don't need to sell a company anymore or anything like that, but I wanted to do something I hadn't done before. You're like a millennial. You need a purpose, right? <laughs> <laughs> something yeah. like that. So I wanted to, for, for my own development um, of my own motivation, I wanted to I hadn't done before um and um i yeah i set this business up uh, sort of september october so yeah about, about a year um, ago. W- was uh, your wife glad to get you out under her feet and get back to work she, we, we we did not we did not click with with me being at home all the time <laughs> uh i think it was um it was it, it was she found it bizarre yeah. so that she very much booted me out and yeah. the children get as they get older you realize they are very much less reliant on you yeah and um, i know it's i'm in sussex now for 18 months and i'm i'm pulling my hair out here there's not a lot happening down here it it, it really is like that particularly particularly when in the winter um it's you know there isn't there isn't a massive amount to do so i I knew i had to get out somewhere um and and find something to do i had other business interests which i which i still have but i needed i I missed the the buzz and the people in recruitment i i also think that that I wasn't done. I wasn't. I wasn't finished. I wasn't. I wasn't ready to kind of just call it a day. So, so, so one of the things. One of the things you sound like you're good at is looking at a big picture 
and working out the decision on where you're going to go and how you're going to go about it. How did you choose Chicago? How did you choose the discipline? Well, and what did that process look like? Well, I was I was open to to do anything in the US in in, in most cities, but it was all going to be about the leader, because in my opinion, the person who is most influential in any staffing business is the person who is the the MD, the CEO, the person who's the kind of runs it on a day to day basis. And I I was very clear that I wasn't going to be that person. I wasn't going to be the person doing every single thing because I feel I've kind of done that. So I found someone um, who was a British, uh, a guy called Chris Attia, who worked for S3. Uh, I had a lot of success of, of, of taking people from S3 over the years in, in Germany, in, in, in London. And, and, you know, I think although that business has changed enormously, there is a shared shared values, and I think I, I still think they they train their people really well. But but people have a shelf life there, mm. and more. and you have something at the start of the journey for somebody. So here's the yeah. journey I've brought people on before. This is the journey that here's where you're at right now. If you yeah, if you and, take and, your and, seat on the bus, you're getting to this point. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, you, you know, you, my my proposition was very much I will give you equity from meaning meaningful equity from from day one. I will provide all the uh, resources to, to, to come to the US. I, I, I learned a lot from going to, 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 to Berlin um, when we were in Germany. And that was not, not down to me at all. That was The decision was really from the, the country director who said, no, let's do Berlin. When everyone else was doing Dusseldorf, Frankfurt, Munich in, uh, and, and Hamburg. And it was very much sometimes you've got to avoid the herds. Mm. And if you look at the US now, you know, New York... Yes, everyone goes there. San Francisco, yes. Los Angeles, yes. Boston, yes. E- even Philadelphia. There's a lot more people going over to those places than they are to, to Chicago. And I thought, I quite like the look of Chicago. I think it's the third biggest city in the country. Um, it's right bang in the middle of the country as well. So you can kind of get pretty much anywhere within the US in two to three hours. Um, and um, I... I, there were lots of things I saw in it that I could compare to, to Berlin, where it's quite compact, it's quite easy to, to get about, um, it's very sporty, it's very young, strong university town. So it had a lot of the kind of ingredients that I was looking for. And the US market, having done it for a year, and I think I've spoken about this with you before, I think it's an incredible opportunity at the moment. I think to, to, it's to a once-in-a-generation. Yeah, once-in-a-generation is what you said to me. Yeah, I really do think so. I think it's an incredible... I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work in many different territories, but I think it's a fantastic opportunity for anyone. And if I was talking to my 23, 24-year-old self before being you know, married with children... I really think it's the sort of opportunity that, that anyone should consider from the UK. I, so I've had two kids under two in the last, well, my wife has had in the last little while. <laughs> We're doing the house renovations right now here in West Sussex. Her mum's here and I'm counting the days till I can move us to America. And I'm hoping that we don't miss this boom because it, 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 it's hard. It's hard for me to describe. I interview very some very average recruiters, and they're billing north of five hundred, and it yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. I, like it blows my mind the numbers that they're doing, and I follow these Facebook groups of independent group recruiters, and the numbers that they're doing as well is absolutely crazy. Uh, and some of them are saying, "Oh, this boom is too much. There's too many jobs," which. <laughs> And uh, and here I am doing this. So it, uh, it it's hard for me to convey it to those recruiters who are based in in a rundown town in the north of England. Or totally, totally. And I, I I think to do this job, you, you know, there has to be. And we've spoken about people being different, which. I completely agree with, but you do get into recruitment with because there is some part of you that is motivated by by money. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with being motivated by money as long as it's not your be all and end all. Um, but the level, you're absolutely right. The level of billing that people are doing over here, not not certainly not just for me. I mean, it, everywhere is 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 absolutely huge. You know, you've got people doing fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in a month on permanent 
in their first, second or third month. I mean, as as much as everyone wants to say that's down to them, it's clearly a market thing. Um, you know, you, you can't get too carried away with, with the highs or, or, or as we've spoken about with, with oil and gas, with the lows. But the opportunity over here is, is life changing. I think people can, I would expect people to, to, to if, if you're if you're decent, you should be able to earn over $200,000 a year fairly quickly. Which in the UK, I'm going to say that the average salary for a recruiter would all in, including their commission, would be 50,000 pounds. 50, completely, completely. I agree with you. And I get, I get so many ex- excuses on why they can't do it. But it, it just comes down to taking your opportunity at times. So what's the plan moving forward? Do you, do you see another sale on the horizon? Do you see multiple? No, offices? I don't. I, I think it could happen, um, but I'm, I, I, I don't think you can ever plan a, a, another sale. You can make yourself attractive to, to to suitors, and I think for for instance, in a few years' time, if someone wanted a a specialist engineering company in the Midwest that was really well known by clients, candidates, and the the local communities alike, we would probably tick a few of those boxes but i i i've no particular aspirations to to sell it partly because you know i, I quite like the joys of the the, the day-to-day but but we're you've got a my my plan on the, the sort of the next two three years is i want to grow this business um in the midwest in particular so recruiting in michigan indiana ohio wisconsin all, all those kind of states and to really make it us the sort of staffing company of choice for candidates clients and and want want to want to be recruiters as well um and create a great culture um which we're we're kind of you know hopefully on on the way to to doing what what challenges do you have in scaling the business in a great marketplace um it's definitely keeping retaining the right talent which i do think if you're a good a good enough manager um, you should be able to do but it it's definitely re- retaining the right talent it's making sure that your your education and your training is is, is fit for purpose candidates that we place do have options um, it reminds me of 1998-99 a lot of candidates do have multiple offers particularly the the, the, the better ones and you've got to be able to position yourself to be their, their, their one. But it's all about the people, you know, recruitment and staffing. You, you people, people can complicate it on LinkedIn and everything like that. But if you've got good people, you've got to keep those good people and you've got to motivate and power and give them as many opportunities as they can, as, as, the, as, they, as they can welcome uh, and treat them with real decency and, and honestly care, care for them a little bit. You know, really take your role as their sort of custodian quite importantly it it's an interesting marketplace and and I, I think i went into some of this with kieran behan from 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 fading a little bit on, on here yeah. Sk- finding talent in america in a culture where people work from home and have a wee independent shop and don't really want to be part of a, a business is, is a real challenge how, how do you go about hiring americans and, and and really getting them to buy into, you know, what you're about. Um, it, it's not easy. Um, I, I cannot stress how much much choice uh, graduates um, or, or second jobbers, certainly around the Midwest, have. Um, and um, you've got to approach them. Uh, you've got to um, use the obvious methods of of approaching them and selling your story. And you're going to appeal to some people on. on or, or not. I mean, speaking to, to other people who run staffing businesses in the US, uh, there there are there are distractions. I mean, you've got someone like Netflix um, paying six figure base salaries to people with 18, 18 months experience of recruitment to work for them in a sales capacity. You've got Salesforce. I mean, I've got them round the, round the corner here. So people can earn 
serious amounts of money in any number of organizations, some of them who are some of the biggest companies in the world now. So you've got to really show them that if they come with you, it's not going to be just about money because you can earn money in the US, you can earn money in, in so many different places, but you're going to develop them and take them on the, you know, to their potential uh, faster, perhaps, than they would be able to do elsewhere. That, that's what I'm trying to really convey to people. It's but, the journey but it's also recognising, yeah, it's, all, it's also recognising that people, people have more choice now, now than ever. Um, but but this, this market, as, as we've said, it's, it, look, who knows? I, I think we'll be talking about this market in 10, 15 years' time. Yeah. Okay, Mark, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story. I really enjoyed it. I don't get uh, I don't get people on who've who've exited businesses that often, and I'm always fascinated to jump into it. I could drag you through the mud for another hour and uh, and quiz <laughs> you to death, but I'll do that over a pint in in Sussex sometime. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Lovely talking to you. Take care, Mark. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Well, I really enjoyed speaking to Mark and it's just great to get to pick an entrepreneur's brain for an hour on how they set up, how they sold their business and why on earth they're going back to do it all over again. And in his case, I think it was pretty evident he is just an entrepreneur. He, he can't help himself. He could have stood, he didn't, doesn't have to do this. He's doing this because he loves it because he's obsessed with the next thing, the next project, and just loves our industry and wants to get into it. So really massive thank you, really enjoyed it. And if any of you who are listening who would like to maybe get in touch with Mark, uh, he's hiring for his Chicago office right now. So looking to speak to specialist engineering recruitment recruiters from the UK who can go over there. He's just got his E2 sponsorship uh, things all sorted and is offering relocation and the works. So if you're interested, hit me up. Till next time. Take care. <laughs>